0: You know, the culture is actually damn good.
1: Happy Thanksgiving, everybody.
2: Hey, where y'all
3: This is Trafalgar
0: Square.
2: Come
3: aboard! Mr. Mrs. North of South America, all the ships at sea, let's go to Press.
1: Have you been
0: drinking? It hey, was a good show, huh? During the workday, when you feel possessed by amorous intent, may I suggest that you suppress it? Hey. hey! 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 Hey!
1: How you doing? Let's get in the conference room. I would like to invite everyone into the conference room. I would like to have a meeting in the conference room right
3: now. I know for a fact that nobody in the Parks Department reads letters.
0: Does everybody have to be crazy today? Now
2: get me Xavier!
3: SportsJourney.com radio network off and running. Delighted that you are with us on a. Hump Day. Bob Matthews here with you. Glad you are along for the ride. Yeah, I know I'm being a little repetitive, so let's cut that out starting right now. I'm going to do things a little bit differently today. We have still got your Washington football team updates. We're going to hear from Alex Smith coming off his almost 400-yard performance, albeit in a loss against Detroit. We're also going to hear perhaps, if all goes according to plan, from head coach Ron Rivera and Kendall Fuller as well. We will also talk about the NBA, and we're going to do that starting right now. Ava Wallace from the Washington Post will be joining us in just a few minutes because tonight at 8 o'clock on ESPN, it is the NBA draft. That one kind of snuck up on us a little, didn't it? I mean, if you're a serious basketball Jones, I guess it didn't, but for the rest of us, it did. Right now, it looks like Anthony Edwards is the consensus number one in all the mock drafts. The Minnesota Timberwolves have the first pick in the draft, and all of the so-called experts say that they think that's the way it's going to go. Anthony Edwards played his college basketball, if you didn't know, at Georgia, and he should be a Minnesota Timberwolf uh, by some time. Uh, shortly after 8 o'clock tonight. However, until Woj actually says it, you know, you can't really plan on it. So we'll have to see what happens. When when Woj tweets out that that's who uh, the Timberwolves are picking, we will know where he is going. Uh, As for the Wizards, they pick ninth tonight. Golden State, the Warriors, pick second, you remember, because both Steph Curry and Klay Thompson were injured all of last year so they wound up with the second pick in the draft looks like they're going to get James Weissman. again that's what the mock drafts that's who the mock drafts have them taking which just to me you know me it's I, i'm just fascinated by good stories i i do root for the wizards but i also you know like great stories in the nba i, I am i'm emotionally invested in the wizards but I like to see just good teams play. I, I like watching the Bucks because I love watching Giannis. And James Weisman, who is this just fabulous high school player who played literally one game at the University of Memphis last year before some quote-unquote recruiting irregularities, which I thought were kind of bogus when they brought him up, involving head coach Anthony Hardaway. Uh, he basically declared for the draft after a game. But the one game I saw him play with Memphis, he looked really, really good. And you put a guy like him, as talented as he is, on a team like the Warriors. with Steph Curry and and Clay Thompson, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That championship pedigree, you talk about setting up a kid for success. Uh, It's just going to be fascinating to watch the Warriors play this year because of that. However... We got to talk Wizards and what they are going to do in the nine hole. They got a lot of options, and we need to get beat writer Ava Wallace on the line here so we can figure out what they might do. Washington Wizards insider Ava Wallace, she writes the beat for the Washington Post, is joining us to talk Wizards, the draft in general, and a flurry of free agent signings here in the last couple of days. Ava, thank you so much. Welcome, we appreciate it.
0: Thank you for having me.
3: Not a problem. Let's go ahead and start with the hometown team. Wizards draft in the ninth position tonight, unless there were some blockbuster trades. (laughs) <laughs> You're thinking that there, which there could be uh, right up until right up until draft time, I guess you, yeah. you in, in the piece that you've got in the Washington Post today, which, by the way, everybody can see at WashingtonPost.com, dot uh, com. You think that it's a good bet they might go defense in order to try and bolster this team's uh, hopes for making the playoffs this year, right?
0: Yep, that's pretty much what they've been saying for, oh gosh, since the end of the season now, certainly even before they went down to the NBA bubble. They need a rim protector. They need somebody on the perimeter who can guard a couple of different positions. They need to be better than second to last in the league on defense. <laughs> and so their first uh, their first opportunity to do that, obviously, is tonight in the draft. And if there's a guy, and there are, there are kind of a handful of them who uh, the Wizards think could either make an impact on the defensive end right away, even though that's really tough for rookies to do, or more likely in a year or two, really, really step up uh, the Wizards on that kind of end of the court, for sure.
3: Uh, Who are some of the names that you're thinking might be a good fit? And again, this is all provided that they're actually there and available at the the ninth pick.
0: Exactly. That's the most important one. This draft is so weird. It's really, it's just so hard to tell ahead of time who's going to be available at nine, but... The the first name kind of on everybody's mind is Anyaka Okonwu. He's a big out of USC, a freshman out of USC, who's probably the most talented center in this class. Um, He's aggressive on the block. He can kind of set a tone on defense. He's a really good rim protector. Um, But he's hot. You know, he might not be around at nine, just like you mentioned. Beyond Mm -hmm. that, there's Isaac Okoro. Uh, That's a wing out of Auburn that they really like who this guy's, he's got, I always think of it as go-go gadget arms. It's like Inspector Gadget when he just like, (laughs) he he reaches and and it extends like a foot beyond what you think it's going to do. But because of that range, he he can uh, play really good defense on the perimeter and kind of be a disruptor um, from that end of the floor. Uh, they like those guys. You know, there's a lot of other kind of older kids in the draft, like an Obi Toppin, who's a big out of Dayton, who's a redshirt sophomore. So when I say old, you know, he's
3: what like it's all. 20. Yeah, it's all relative.
0: <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> young to me. <laughs> uh, Patrick Williams is a guy, a, a fresh, another freshman wing out of Florida State, who's kind of kind of unheralded coming out of high school. You know, I came from from colleges and and he wasn't a name certainly on on really anybody's mind until he had a big uh, a big year down at, at Florida State. Um, Devin Vassell's another kind of defensive guy. And these are all guys, again, who they really think could help the team out one to two to three years. So that's, that's what they say they're really looking for. Now, you know, Tommy Shepard's not against moving up and taking one of the kind of bigger stars who may not be so defensive, but maybe eventually a franchise cornerstone. But for the defensive kind of NBA ready guys, that, those are some of the names you should be looking at.
3: It seems like Tommy Shepard is in the position every GM has been in since I think Washington won its last NBA title as the Bullets. This this team is maybe just outside the playoffs at worst and maybe a sixth seed at best. And there's not a lot of generational talent in this draft. I mean, you know, James Wiseman and LaMelo Ball aren't, aren't going to be around when they pick ninth. And there's really not you know, outside of Beal, you don't have that wow factor that you can trade to somebody that would justify them giving up the second, third, or fourth pick, it seems like.
0: Yeah, Tommy Shepard's going to have to get creative, and if you ask him that exact question, which we have pretty much many times, you know, how Mm. do you build the roster you have, um, what he'll say is, number one, the young guys on his team, guys like Rui Hachimura, uh, their draft pick last year, Troy Brown Jr., the the guy they took uh, the year before, he expects those type of guys to be better this year playing with Bradley Beal and hopefully a healthy John Wall. So that's where, when you kind of look at the roster ads, is he thinks the talent is going to come and the level is going to rise from just from having those two kind of leaders on court. But in things like trades and draft, you're absolutely right. Tommy Shepard's going to have to get really creative. Um, he does relishing making those kind of trades and you know, it's not like the Wizards because of John Wall's contract have a ton of cap space either. So he's going to be working with things like the mid level exception. Uh, he's got to keep the Bertans happy first and foremost in free agency and, and give him some money too. So he's going to have to kind of search for the league uh, for a lot of bargain free agents. So kind of keep an eye out for those kind of mid mid uh, cost veteran free agents who can maybe add a little bit more on that defensive side and get really creative now he also said they are looking to move up in the draft he said we do we would love to move up in the draft you know from nine I don't know what he could offer other teams uh like you said other than Bradley Beal which is not happening as as far as everything we've heard from the Wizards for months and months and months um but yeah it's it's all about creativity putting guys together kind of like what Shepard did last year to just get a kind of revolving door of talent through uh, <laughs> through the gates at Capital One Arena let's
3: talk about some of the free agent signings because it has been a wild week and you know the one that caught my eye which is this is not really going out on a limb but the Bucks make a major move to convince Giannis they're they're serious about about contending for a title and getting him to sign that max extension but uh and, you know, picking up Bogdanovich and uh, uh, uh who am I forgetting? The big one from uh, Drew Holiday. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> the, and the Drew Holiday trade, you know, that, whew, I mean, giving up three first round picks for the guy. That's definitely going all in, isn't it?
0: I know. I love the take. I saw a tweet. Someone was like, the Wizards are definitely going to keep in mind what <laughs> what Drew Holiday went for if they uh-huh. ever want to trade Bradley <laughs> Beal- like. You know, we better end up with all the picks that OKC has right until for the next 10 years or whatever. Um, I the most interesting thing about that, Giannis situation is I think there are so many other teams who are waiting to see what happens there before they make their plans in free agency in the draft. And so that's the really fun part, especially for me, who I don't have to cover that. <laughs> Those, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just seeing how the chips kind of fall. And it certainly affects the Wizards as well. You know, they're in the East. They're competing with the rest of them. They're watching all these other rumors fly around with Atlanta and Gordon Hayward and, and all these other guys too. So it, it really does have that uh, domino effect throughout the league. And definitely as someone who's a fan, as someone who covers a team in the East, that's the fun part. And it's kind of like, what's Giannis going to do?
3: Yeah. Well, it's so fascinating to to break that trade down and try to game it out because yeah, they gave up three first round picks, but what we've seen, I mean, in the last couple of generations, in the nba is that uh, unless you are talking about lottery picks the chances of you finding a generational player in the bottom of the first round it's obviously not impossible but at the same time it, it it diminishes tremendously so i guess if you think drew holiday can make you you know one of the two or three best teams in the east with a chance to get to the nba finals for the next five or six years then it's worth it because you haven't really, you, you ha, you've given up an asset for the future, but you haven't really given up that much of an asset, I guess.
0: Yeah, I know. I agree with you on that. And also, I just think I have to think so much of acquiring all those picks was just as you mentioned, messaging to Giannis, we're building this team, we're building for the future, we're building to win championships. Also, not not so long in the future. And keep in mind too, um, I forget which years the, the picks are for and and, and everything like that. But the draft. this is a down year in the draft. Everybody kind of wants to get in and have be in good position for the next year and the draft of the year after that. Um, so that to me is, is, is just, it's at least 50% a big billboard for Giannis about, hey, this is what we're doing and, and you're right in the middle of it.
3: Yeah. What do you think the odds are? What, what's the consensus? Not what obviously you think personally because you're a reporter and you report facts, but what is the general consensus do you think when you talk to your colleagues on the beat um, if you had to handicap whether whether Giannis signs the Supermax deal or not?
0: I honestly, in talking to people this week, it is split exactly 50-50, I think, I, wow. for every single, seriously, for every single person I talk to who's like, absolutely, this means he's staying, absolutely, why else would they do that? The other people are like, yeah, I, I don't know if that's enough, I don't know if, his mind was already made up um but from (laughs) just other reporters and and texting everybody and it's really fun being on a couple of nba group threads this week um everybody seems dead split down the middle i i have to think he stays right
3: i i gotta think so i mean you can you can own not only can you own the town but to me that's kind of the genius of the nba marketing is that okay yes is it is it more fun maybe to live in Miami, to live in LA. Yeah. But are you real? you know, because of basically the weather, but you get outside of maybe three or four organizations. Is it really any different to be playing in Milwaukee, honestly, than it is a, a big city like Philadelphia or Chicago? Because if you win, you know, the media is going to come, the attention's going to come, mm-hmm. uh, you know, everything will, will come to you because the NBA market stars.
0: Yeah. You run the ship a little more and yeah. it's also such a weird year to make such a, a big decision too. why it, it kind of like why not stick it out and wait for free agency um wait for for a couple of years down the line and and when the money's better the market's supposed to be better things like that i don't know if that's mm. how Giannis in particular saying you know when you make that much money how much how much does it yeah what,
3: Yeah. what's another three <laughs> or four million dollars when you <laughs> right. think about it
0: right um yeah. but uh, yeah that's uh, that's my guess if i had to make one is that he stays and i hope so too because it's i mean What are we sticking around to watch the Bucks for, otherwise? Exactly. And but it and
3: it's fun, you know. I mean, the city's going crazy Mm -hmm. for it. It's just, yeah, yeah. It's 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 like Sacramento back in the early Uh, two thousands. We're talking with Ava Wallace, uh, the Wizards beat reporter for the Washington Post. All right, last uh, question before I let you go. James Harden, the Rockets. The Rockets say they're willing to get uncomfortable. It mm-hmm. looks like both both he and, and maybe even um, Russell Westbrook want out of there. What's the latest from Houston, do you think?
0: I love, so that was the, the latest report that I read, that report from ESPN saying, yeah. after we had all the rumors of Harden wants out, Harden wants to go to the Nets, uh, there's interest, there was that report from The Athletic about there's interest between the Wizards and Rockets, which really, you love, you love to see those things coming across the, the timeline at, what was that last night, like 6 p.m. or something? Something like that. Yeah,
3: that makes for sure an easy day. You know <laughs> right. what you're going to write about.
0: Right, exactly. Um, uh, there was interest for Russell Westbrook for, uh, for John Wall deal. And then after that, the last report I read of the night was ESPN saying that the Rockets are willing to get uncomfortable. And hey, if Russell Westbrook and James Harden don't necessarily want to be here, that's fine with us. Um, I, I actually loved reading that again, just talking as someone who's been just talking casually to beat reporters, not necessarily talking to sources mm-hmm. about the comfortable part of this, of the, uh, of that report. But I, I love that. I think that's a great counter to the kind of player empowerment movement, which is also super interesting and definitely something that's taking me over the NBA, but okay. If guys want to say, uh, get me out and you could, there are only a, a select T number of teams that I want to go to. The option for teams, if they if they can't put something together, is to just say no, and especially to depend on guys like Harden and Westbrook, who are such tough competitors. And I I don't think will take off and you know sit in the arena and put their feet up every day. Right. I love that from the team. Great if we can't make something work, too bad. You play for us, yeah, <laughs> you know
3: exactly. Are- you got it. You got a contract. Right. Yeah. Um, Although I'd love to, I I kind of like to see Westbrook in in D.C. I I you know him for Wall. When you line up the pros and cons, I think it might work out about even. I mean, Westbrook's over 30, he's got a lot of miles, and and Wall is just 30 now and coming off that major injury.
0: So I agree with you that it's about even, especially literally when you look at their contracts. They're owed about the same thing, about $130 million over the next three years. So that's that. the evenness of it, though, is what doesn't make sense to me for the Wizards. And again, this is just talking about all the rumors and reports and everything. I haven't confirmed anything, but... Right. Um, the Wizards want to create that cap space and, and want to move John Wall's contract is is a similar contract with a similar type player who doesn't necessarily have a relationship with Bradley Beal. He definitely has a re- relationship with coach Scott Brooks for sure from their uh, Oklahoma city days. But Beal has been talking about how much he's looking forward to playing with John and, and kind of getting the gang back together. The Wizards have to keep Bradley Beal happy. They have to keep in mind team chemistry. Um, and they have to keep in mind what's financially prudent. So that's why it doesn't necessarily make sense for me. But man, rumors are fun.
3: And it, may, it makes for interesting watching tonight when the draft starts at eight o'clock. That's right. Most importantly. Ava Wallace, thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate it. And remember, you can catch all of Ava's stuff at WashingtonPost.com. I guarantee you will not be disappointed with it. You will enjoy it. Thank you, Ava. I appreciate it.
0: Thanks. Have fun tonight.
3: Time to go out to Ashburn. Let's see what is going on out at Washington football practice. Washington getting ready, the football team getting ready for Cincinnati this weekend. Hopefully, if if you know there is a benevolent deity up there somewhere, and it is their destiny to lose this week against the Bengals. Hopefully it puts them out of their misery postseason season wise although um, eh, I have a feeling that it won't. But you never know. I guess we can always hope. We could also hope for a win. That would be nice. Uh, as far as um, the uh, uh, the injury report goes this year, several guys on it, uh, including both Cornelius Lucas and Jeron Christian. We don't know if either one of them are going to be a go at this point for Sunday afternoon. Uh, If not, I would not be surprised that um, that uh, uh, we see Morgan Moses back at uh, back at um, uh, left tackle. Um, You might have seen some and we're hoping again, if uh, I get the Rivera sound in here um, before we have to put this thing to bed then we'll go uh, we'll go through it um, but uh, Dan Helley from the NFL network who had who did the play by play of the game against the lions right there was a post on twitter last night and uh, grant paulson clarified today that it was in reference to something that helley said on grant and danny's show on wjfk yesterday in dc uh, the headline said rumor <coughs> Excuse me, Dwayne Haskins will uh, could get starts if and when Washington's eliminated from playoff contention. So, our good friend J.P. Finley asked uh, Ron Rivera about the report today. He said he didn't talk with anyone before the kickoff of the Lions game and kind of uh, and kind of dismissed it out of hand. Um, Helly uh, now Grant clarified what went down on their show yesterday by saying that that the post about, you know, the Haskins rumors where he says it's in reference to Dan Helley on our show yesterday, Helly inferred from a convo with Ron Rivera that Haskins will play again when Washington's out of the running. He didn't report it was happening. He said he just thinks it will happen based on his chat with Rivera. So there you go. And he put that out because JP tweeted that Rivera said, and again, if I get, the sound before we have to put this show to bed. I'll run it for you. Rivera said he didn't talk with anybody before the kickoff of the Lions game about such a thing happening. So you can take that for all it's worth, as Howard Cosell used to, used to say, Washington behind closed doors. Let's go ahead and catch up with Alex Smith here for a few minutes. Today is the two-year anniversary of the injury, the injury. Um, against the Texans there at FedEx Field. And, of course, as you might expect, that was one of the big topics today. So we asked Alex, you know, did he take any time to acknowledge the fact that it was, in fact, two years ago to the day and all of the work that he's put in to not just get back on the field but be good enough to start an NFL game and to throw for in the last... Two starts, over 600, almost 700 yards.
1: I think, yeah, just to, you know, you take a moment uh, when you do is to, to, to certainly uh, appreciate everything about where, where we are, certainly as a family, uh, how lucky we are, um, grateful for so many things. Um, you know, certainly, obviously, to be in this position again, uh, you know, I didn't, Think was ever possible for a long time. So, so grateful for that along with a lot of other stuff. So yeah, I think you, you do take a moment and it is a, a good reminder uh, to look around and, and uh, how lucky, how lucky we are, how lucky I am.
3: It, it's one of those things. And we've talked about it many times before. If you're an athlete on the level that an NFL football player is, I think you almost have to ignore it or certainly downplay it because if not, it's going to get in your head and you're going to be thinking about it when you're on the field. And clearly that's not something that Alex Smith can do if, if he wants to play quarterback in the NFL, which obviously he does. Uh, we were talking a few minutes ago, obviously, about Dwayne Haskins and you know the rumors and, and Ron Rivera knocked those down and everything. And what we've seen the last couple of weeks from Alex Smith is one of the reasons why we were talking yesterday, and I said it wouldn't be such a bad thing If he was the franchise quarterback, Alex Smith, for the next couple of years, we kind of addressed that in a roundabout way with him today in that what have we seen the last couple of weeks with Smith as the starting quarterback? All of a sudden, Cam Sims two weeks ago had a career day. All of a sudden, uh, Isaiah Wright emerged as a legitimate target and a threat last week and an option for Alex Smith. That's something we didn't see the first part of the year. We saw that almost none, unfortunately, with Haskins and only a little bit with Kyle Allen. But what we saw, what we've seen the last two weeks is a quarterback that knows how to run this offense. Perfection is, is not the word to use. But effectively, kind of letting the offensive system realize its full potential. One of the things, one of the benefits, I think, to Alex Smith being the quarterback going forward for a little while is the fact that not only does it buy you time, but now these young guys who are showing some potential, and again, we don't know, we're not not penciling any of them in as perennial all pros, well, except for Terry McLaurin, but that's another story. But Alex Smith is allowing some of these young guys to grow. And it's not just a quarterback, obviously, that you need. It might be the recipe for success. Now, if you want to go and draft a quarterback in the first round, like if the kid from BYU is there when Washington eventually picks, what that does now is it changes the dynamics. Ideally, since they've invested the pick and the time in Dwayne Haskins, the draft capital, I would like to see Dwayne Haskins buy in on learning everything he can from Alex Smith for another year or two and then being given the keys to the offense. But that probably isn't going to happen. But if you bring in, if you want to go ahead and draft the kid from BYU now with your first-round pick, the fact that Alex Smith can now play next year, all of next year if you need him to, all of the following year. I mean, at $20 million a year, that's, that's not a bad deal for a quarterback. The, the important thing is it will set a young quarterback up for success, kind of the way we've seen Patrick Mahomes be set up for success, ironically, learning from Alex Smith. Kind of the way we've seen Tua Tagovailoa be set up for success thanks to Ryan Fitzpatrick, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Throwing a guy to the wolves, does it work? Yeah, sometimes it does. But for every Kyler Murray and maybe Joe Burrow out there, we'll get a first-hand look at him this weekend. It, it looked encouraging. But, but for every one of those guys there's a lot more Sam Rosens and Sam Darnolds out there. So let's see what happens. But that was one of the things we asked Alex about, is working with these young kids and how he's been able to help them come along.
1: I think the more you can keep those big moments, you know, those big situations, I think the more you can keep the focus on the football and the details and not get kind of hijacked or distracted by uh, the situation, the better. And so I think that's obviously even things I, I try to practice myself. Uh, and tell myself, but most definitely I think having been through a lot of situations, there is more comfort as, as an older guy. So yeah, you try to try to help those young guys out and, and uh, you know, keep it about football and and the details of us going out there and executing
3: again, he's able, he makes the young kids better faster and he's able to buy the organization Ron Rivera and his staff, the most valuable commodity out there that they need, and that's time. And again, we've seen it so often, you know, it, it, if you're going to have a young quarterback who you're going to throw to the Wolves, and now you're throwing them to the Wolves with a bunch of inexperienced guys, uh, you know, offensively, weapons-wise, that is not a recipe for success. I mean, say say what you will, you know, who has Kyler Murray had to work with last year and this year? Larry Fitzgerald, DeAndre Hopkins. Makes it a lot easier to succeed when you are set up for success like that. Not to mention the fact that, when you get right down to it, Smith's just playing better. He's just out and out playing better than he was um when he first came to Washington now maybe that is the system maybe the maybe Scott Turner's system fits his skill set better than Jay Gruden's system did but the bottom line is he has improved since since taking over this year and he says he's going to keep on improving
1: um well I think yeah I, I think you're always trying to get better at everything I don't think that ever stops as a quarterback I, I definitely think I've as, as i've gone through different phases of trying to get back certainly you bring up a great point i've tried to to, to certainly hear feedback from especially people that were around me a lot pre injury you know and, and what do they what do they see it was it was crazy that my first you know first playing time kevin o'connell was on the other sideline you know my next playing time colt mccoy was on the other sideline and and then even this last week chase daniel who I was with for three years. So all those guys, I did make a point to find at some point or, or text and, and just try to get some critical feedback uh, for me, obviously, uh, it, you know, people that were around me a lot um, before the injury. And, and uh, for me, I'm so, you know, you're, you're, I think anytime you're a little self-conscious or even maybe over uh, you over analyze a lot of things. So um, I appreciate that, that feedback uh, from, you know, that, that point of view so that other set of eyes but yeah um i think to this point I, like i said i felt really comfortable out there sunday uh going about and executing the offense you know and that's what the, the role is as a quarterback and, and obviously to go out there and, and execute one play at a time and so I, I didn't feel hindered in that in any way and so certainly trying to get better in all areas uh it, it, you know at this point
3: at this point he's a Pretty damn good starting quarterback, something the Washington football team has not had for quite a few years. All right, Mick and the clock on the wall say it's time for us to get out of here. We will get that Rivera sound turned around for you tomorrow. Uh, In the meantime, enjoy the draft tonight. We'll catch up on all of that as well. And like the wise man once said, if you're out on your bike tonight, as always, do wear white.
2: Man. so